That Blues, Royal Blue family, you got Harry, you got Charlie, you got George now, George Hewitt in the midfield. How good are they looking? Burden stood up, Martin might kick the goal, kicks, rolls it through, Blues back in front. Cottrell, long one, Mackay in good marking shape, Motlock ground level, got his second in the quarter. Fisher gets another look at it and misses, no! Chera sweeps a handball forward. Can they finish? Grips from 52. Over the top. And bounces it through. Doherty. He's almost within range. He goes long. Monstrous. He's been the story of the season. The Blues are back, baby. G'day Blue Baggers and welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. Your host Jed here alongside my co-host Bolt. Bolt, welcome. Jed, another weekend, Sunday night, and no good. That's one In way fact, to put it. That's, that is polite, isn't it? And I'm not polite. An absolute basket case of a performance. It's a game where they can hang their heads in shame from the top down. From the coach's box down to the interchange bench. An absolute disgrace that was. You know, in a, just played completely negligent, unaccountable, you know, brandless, no identity style of football where it was as if, you know, we had 23 players go out into, a, onto Marvel Stadium and told, yeah, just play and see what happens. And they couldn't play. Because, hey, they're not good enough. Well, we'll just say there's a lot to go through. There's a lot of No, I think well, we're getting straight into it tonight. There's no time to muck around. But I think there's absolutely... I think what you said has a, is valid. But at the same time, I actually disagree with it to an extent. Because, you know, you mentioned the word brandless. I actually think the issue was that we stuck to our brand too much. It doesn't work. Our, our, our game plan and our system that we've put on display for the last 20 five games or however many games Voss has been in charge for, it's never changed. We've never gone away from the same plan. We don't have a plan B or we haven't seen a plan B as of yet. And I think today we were just getting beaten doing what we wanted to do and we never changed. We never went away from it. That They, you know, a game like today, I would have preferred to have tried something different and ended up losing by eight goals than just to keep doing what we were doing because what we were doing was never going to work. There was no setup in front of the ball. We struggled to move the ball inside 50 with any sort of, I guess... Purpose. Purpose. Uh, there were actually quite a few occasions where players directly turned the ball over and I think they knew that they were going to directly turn the ball over but they just had no choice. They had to move the ball forward. Like There were a couple kicks inside 50 which we were just so outnumbered and I mean there was one Hollands was streaming forward and he you know looking inside 50 it was one on four and you know what other options does he have but to just hope yeah, kick yeah. and hope and and you know I actually think going back to the point that it is our brand it's just a terrible brand and we've never changed have we ever I don't think we've seen a plan B under Michael no. Voss. And we've never walked away from a game thinking, yeah, we got them upstairs. As in, today was probably in all my time of watching football, I'm happy to say I've never seen a team in my life defend the middle of the ground better than that. 
it was impossible for us to get through. And that's why the stats were so lopsided. St. Kilda didn't care if we had the ball. Made no difference to them because they knew nothing was going to come of it. They knew we were just going to have to either go long down the line to a pack or we're just going to have to chip around and hold it. And it just sucks everyone up the ground a little bit more and you put yourself under more pressure without knowing. How many times were we streaming through the middle today? How many times were we, were we, we get overlap handball training? We couldn't do it. And we were absolutely schooled in the coach's box, which seems to be a, you know, a repeating occurrence from the Michael Voss coach's box at the moment. And it's, you know, I think a lot of people have been you know, dancing around the issue of, you know, when can we start maybe having an issue with Voss? And I think we've been on this since round three last year when we saw Sam Mitchell take him to the cleaners upstairs. And we thought, oh, that wasn't pretty. And it's coming to life now that there's... The coach is completely ordinary. There's no doubt about it. You can... You know, they could still finish fourth this year, in my opinion, probably wouldn't change. But we... You know, you know, the fact that you know, we played an opposition who did not care if we had the ball is almost insulting to us. We would have had 90 more disposals than them, but they didn't care because they knew what was going to eventuate. Nothing. And that's what eventuated. Nothing. We'd, we kicked two goals after halftime. It was, you know, predictable. It was just easy to defend for them. You know, they got in early. You know, they would have an outnumber, you know, behind the ball in front of Kerno. You know, Silvani wasn't very accountable to, you know, battle at a lot of points during the game. The corridor was like, it was as if if we're going to enter the corridor, we we're trespassing through there. We weren't allowed to go through there. It was just hideous. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, I can't, I can't disagree, mate. I really can't disagree. It's really deflating, to be honest. Um, it's just, it, it's just a totally totally deflating performance because in a lot of ways I think today confirmed what we really already knew deep down but didn't want to believe is that is that a fair enough call 100% because today it was so obvious yeah it was just you know we had our reservations and and I think a lot of Carlton supporters had a belief deep down that you know things aren't 100% right but today it was confirmed there's no two ways about it like there's a lot that needs to change at this football club before it's going to achieve any sort of success. And, it, you know, and let, let's be very clear here. Whilst we were absolutely schooled in the coach's box, there still has to be an accountability for the players. Oh, as and, in we were outplayed just and, as and, equally. And I just want to make mention of the absurd, absurd and totally unacceptable and, and quite frankly, amateur skill errors today it was there was some kicks today which defied belief well you just you're just sort of sitting back thinking gee like this is the AFL the teams that are playing well it's so simple they kick the ball properly and this has been this has been a thing going on for 15-20 years at Carlton the skill level is just so not with it it's disgusting and it's there's some kicks where you think I don't even know what you're thinking to like try and bite off something like that or try and, you know, to make that your decision. You want to know what the worst kick of the day was? There were a few, mate. The worst one by a mile. It won't be beaten all year. Second quarter, Harry Mackay's got the ball streaming forward about 60 out from goal. Yeah. And he kicked it down the throat. 
Ah, yeah. Of right. a St Kilda defender. Well, that, we but, praised, but we did that a few times. We did it a few times. That was the worst because he'd about, and I know he's slow in the head, but he'd about 15 seconds to, let's analyze what's ahead here. I've got space. Shocking. But it was just, yeah, the kicking, the, the decision making, you know, their skills aren't up to it. They don't work hard enough on, you know, defense transition. You know, St Kilda will just get out the back a lot. And, you know, well, we, we, well, let's, you, we you were mentioned outworked. we don't work enough, hard enough. And like, to me, it looked like we were just run over well, yeah. at, at the end of the game. Um, we speak about, you know, fitness as a football club and, and the strength and conditioning. And, and whilst the coaches have been absolutely grilled on the socials, I think people are also grilling our, you know, medical team and the strength and conditioning team because at the end of the day, the injuries don't stop. And you just... Every week, more injuries just sneak into the injury report. Even today, like, you know, Murkov and Lemmy don't play VFL. There's no explanation given. They just didn't play. Cunningham's are now out for a month again now with a totally different injury back to a calf. Jack Martin, who missed round two, was just, you know, they said he could have got up for round two. Maybe, you know, didn't end up getting up. It's now round six, and we find out he's now out for a month as well with a calf. So, you know, they just stack up and... It's repeat injuries and, you know, that comes back to the strength and conditioning point of view, whereas, and it, and it makes us ask the question about fitness and, you know, look at a team like Adelaide. They are supremely fit. They are in incredible shape and they've got one single injury on their injury list. And it's, you know, they've got almost the best strength and conditioning person in charge on the planet in Darren Burgess is, you know comfortably the best in Australia and he'd be arguably the best in the world, you know, it, it begs the question, do we need a change in that department as well? I mean, there's just so many different issues that are contributing to an effort like we saw today. Yeah. Uh, and the silence is deafening from club level as in, you know, we, we're recording this straight after the game. So we, I don't, we haven't even had time to listen to our, uninspiring coach talk in the press conference, but there's a lot of deflection that goes on. And, you know, there, there can't be a spin put on a performance like that because quite frankly, it was an absolute joke. Um, we'll just out, we're outworked, outplayed, outcoached. We just weren't good enough. You know, as in, you know, they're a better team than us. And there's a lot of better teams than us in the competition right now, because, you know, we're carrying a lot of players at the moment. There's a lot of players who for a while, we've probably thought are safe in this team. And that's probably been an issue in itself that they know they're safe and they play with very little regard. They've got no, you know, they play without any consequence knowing that, you know, they'll front up next week again. And it's becoming enough because there's players and we'll go through them that have had six weeks really of shit football. Well, and- it brings it back to, you know, how we want to approach the integrity of selection. Is there selection integrity? Um, You know, I want to bring up a quote. And Mason Wood for St Kilda is having a fantastic season. Like like that good to the point where he's in my rolling Australian team. I don't know if he's in yours, Bolt. But um, he's obviously having a marvellous season. And he was interviewed on radio today after after the Saints obviously won the game. And he was asked about Ross Lyon and the impact he's had on the footy club. And... He said, the thing with Ross is that, and this is a quote, the thing with Ross is that he wants something to happen. And if you're not the guy to do it, we'll bring someone else in. 
that sort of selection selection integrity goes a long way. Now, we've seen that with St Kilda. There's a handful of players who were expected to play that aren't in the team, and Ross has brought in his. He, he's obviously looking at their list with a, a new view, and you know, guys, I'm not. We don't even need to name them, but they've got a group of players who a lot of supporters didn't think would play that are playing and are playing well. You look at us, and bringing it back to selection integrity. I don't need to name them, but there's at least three to five players who simply should not have been in the 22 before the game even started. And that opinion was vindicated because all of them were terrible. The players who were questionable, who have been in bad form all year and probably shouldn't have been there today, were terrible. Yeah, because they play with no consequence or fear of being omitted from this side. And whether, you know... I get some of them, you know, there's no depth in certain positions, like, sure. But, you know, they they, they can't be rewarded with being selected, you know, repeatedly off the back of abysmal amateur level, you know, performances. And there's too many of them that are just going through the motions at the moment. And it's just, yeah, you know, I know I'm going to be there next week. What's it to me? Let's get into them because I'm keen to get stuck into a few of them because... It was just an... It was a hapless day. You know, we never looked like it after halftime. You know, I actually thought we were playing okay early. But, you know, we weren't scoring freely enough. It's just... Just a really insipid day at the football. Mm. Um, From the back line. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to doing this, to be honest. Because it annoys me. Because stats-wise, it's going to read well. Well, no, but but, but St Kilda are fine with that. You know, it, it didn't matter if these guys got the ball because uh, there were so many irresponsible disposals. I'll put it to you this way. I actually thought 10 to 15 of our guys went all right today in terms of their own games, but there were two things that absolutely murdered us. The first thing was our bottom six plays today were that oh. bad. It was scary. And the second thing was just, of course, as we've spoken about, the structure, the system, the ball movement, the the game plan. Let's put it all down to the game plan because... You know, we're going to go through this and we're probably going to sound like we've won the game after we've done this, but... No, we won't. Because St Kilda don't care if you look good against them. Because they knew we weren't going to score. I knew, The whole last quarter, we didn't look like scoring and we just held on to the footy. And you knew what was going to happen. Two goals, five after half time. It's just... Anyway, let's go through from the back line. Let's start off with the debutant. Um, get your thoughts on him, Bolt. You know, I thought he was Cincotta. fine. I thought he was Cin- fine. Have we got pronunciation? I've been going with Sincotta. Sincotta, okay. So I, I thought he was fine. Yeah, I actually, I actually thought he read, got the tempo of the game. He adapted to quite quickly. I thought he was. I thought he was fine. Yeah, I actually thought he was okay. Ninety-one percent efficiency uh, from twenty-four disposals, uh, and he had seven marks. So I, th- I thought it was a it was a pretty um, good debut. He slotted in quite seamlessly. You know, he, but- he'll he'll live to see next week. Yeah. Um, McGovern. I I thought McGovern was also quite okay. Um, I didn't. You didn't? Oh, you know I love McGovern. Yeah. I think he's probably a top five most important player for the way that we play. Uh, but I thought he had a bit of a dirty day today. It was just, you know, he didn't really, he was a bit messy. He didn't keep his feet. Um... But you know I like him. Yeah, I'll, and he wasn't he wasn't the issue. But if no, we're being honest, he did have a great day. I, I didn't really have an issue with McGovern. Um, yeah, well, we have to speak about Weedering and Young. Well, so today they went with Young being the second ruck, 
rather than Silvani, which I didn't mind because you could kind of get away with it given they're not too stacked up forward. You know, Young, the, the, the decision originally to play Young on Membry was probably one of the most clueless coaching decisions I've ever seen. He's clearly their best overhead player. As in mem- and, he, and he kills us every time. He always does. And I know we only- He licks his lips when he And I know he only kicked a goal, but he was well on top in that matchup. He was well on top of Young. Yeah. Um, and and, and Wiedering's just, he's just offbeat at the moment. He's, he's just, you know, he had the Zane Cordy matchup. Good on you, mate. But like, he just, he's not, there's not a lot of rhythm about Wiedering at the moment. There's not a lot of security at the moment in the air. It's just, it's not quite there with Wiedering right now. It's not. He's in a bit of a rut, isn't he? I don't think he's in a, not a rut, but because he's actually not playing that badly. So he's not on a rut, but he's just... He's lost the... He has lost an element of security. I just feel like he's gone from playing unbelievably every week to playing okay every week. Well, I was pretty vocal. I didn't like his second half of 2022 at all. And I think it's kind of drifting. I think it's slightly better than that, but it's just drifting a little bit, you know, downwards to the level he should be playing at. I know we're going to get slightly off topic from the players here, but we've got to speak about another thing which I believe in, and that is, I just think that Carlton are too predictable. Oh, and, yeah, and, yeah, it's a given. And it's obviously, that's that's hurting guys like Weedering. Like, we're just way too predictable to play against because we don't change anything. We haven't changed anything well, since round one last year. I we don't think- have a plan B. And unfortunately, it's now really killing us. Like, I think from... From the bye last year till now, we've won seven and lost 10. Yep. With a percentage of 99. Yes. I think 76 points is... This could be wrong. Yeah, it's something like that. The most we've scored, something like that. Oh, um, yeah. No, 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 it'd no, be it more than that, but yeah. What was it? I think... Whatever any, it anyway, is. Anyway, yeah, yeah. It's... um, Yeah. Anyway, um, just really, really disappointing. But back to the defenders... Um, and a work rate up the ground, you know, from our midfield group, it, it, it is somewhat of a lazy midfield group and it doesn't do us any favours behind the ball. Yeah, Newman was Newman was fine again. Um, Newman was fine. He was a little bit sloppy at certain points coming out, but he was fine. Um, he had 28 today. Um, well, I cannot believe... He played in the back line, but Matt Kennedy. I actually thought he started quite well off half back. I actually thought he was going all right. I thought he looked a bit more comfortable, but um, it's just oh, I actually didn't mind it today. I thought they were. I I, I think I messaged you. I thought he played all right. Yeah, he, he wasn't. But yeah, but yeah, I don't care if he's the best player on the ground. To put him in the back line. I don't. I don't need to say. I don't even well, need to continue with it. Well, this is the. Well, but Just, this is. Well, this is the balance of the midfield. I thought the midfield looked a bit more balanced today, given that Ed Kerno didn't spend as much time in there. So someone has to be out of there at a point. There has to be a rotation, either forward or behind the ball. And if that was the rotation for today, I thought it was okay. And I know he did. Well, it spend, wasn't a rotation because well, yeah. he didn't play in the middle. I know, but he didn't go it's in gonna the middle make at all. Us, It's going to make us a bit more balanced. I don't like it either, but I thought it was okay today. I, yeah, I can't agree. Thought it's a it's just an embarrassing decision to play Matt Kennedy anywhere other than the guts. 
don't have a massive issue if it was a forward rotation, as I think I've said on the show before. But to play him in the back line, and mate, you know what? Let's let's be honest here. Butler kicked three. Butler was great, and Kennedy played on Butler. Yeah, no, it's not his position. It's it's inept. I'm not disagreeing it's, it's, with it's that. It's inept coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lockie yeah. Cowan. He's just yeah. He, 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 at the moment, Lockie Cowan's just existing like in the Colton team. He's not bad. He's not good. He's yeah, just he's, there. he's existing, which is not necessarily the worst thing. No, but but it's doesn't offer us much. Do you think he'd play if Marchbank was fit next week? Do you think he'd hold his spot? Because that's the player who's in for. Hmm. He probably would, given Sard's out at the moment. No, and I'm saying at full but, strength. Do you reckon? He'd... Yeah, no, I think Marchbank would. I think it'd be warranted. Yeah. Um, it's probably the defence. May have missed one or two. Um, move into the middle. Yep. Um, I thought Cripps was our best player to half time. I thought I oh, just, in terms of impact, he had stat- a huge second quarter. Stats wise, he probably wasn't, but. In terms of the game itself and the impact he had on the game, I thought he was at, I, I, at halftime. I was thinking, "Gee, this is a Cripps is turning it on here." Um, you know, ended up with thirty four. Had a had a pretty good game, but he definitely dipped off in the second half. I think they just probably didn't allow him to do as he pleased. But what I will say is, he absolutely murdered Steele. Murdered him. Yeah. So, no, Cripps like, gets a tick today. Cripps was very, very good. You know, missed a couple big set shots at certain points. I thought Adam Chera was absolutely yeah. sensational. So, 39, which is a career high, uh, at 84%, and he kicked a goal. He had seven marks, um, you know, seven clearances, nine inside 50s, eight score involvements. You know... He was absolutely spectacular today, Chera. Yeah, I thought. I thought he was our best player. And I think I'm pretty comfortable saying 25% of the way through the season, I'd say he's winning our best and fairest. I think it's been an ultra consistent season. And I think he's been playing good footy. I don't think his form's really deviated throughout the year. He was good again today, Chera. He was um, probably our best clearance player as well today. He, you know, he, he worked hard. He was quite good. Walsh had 38. Walsh's first quarter was ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, he, he he's a fantastic player. He's a fantastic player, Sam Walsh. And, you know, there's actually not too much bad that we can say about our midfield because they were all pretty good, you know. Well, those three in particular were those great. Those three were, were fantastic. No, what Walsh now, was huge early. This one I feel like might separate opinion because I yeah. know at halftime you thought he was... Not having a great day, but yeah. Acres. Yeah. I thought well, he was, once again, I thought he was great. But Acres was well, unfortunately a victim of a terrible game plan because there were a lot of occasions where he had the ball moving forward and he had to stop and kick it back. Yeah, it's it's that he turned the... He was, he, he was the turnover merchant early on. I thought his second quarter was gross. I, th- I actually thought his first half was gross. Um, and I know he got. I, it. See, I think that's bizarre. I know he got his hands on the ball a lot, but I thought he was fan. I, 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 if you even looking at the stats, he only had five clangers today. I know. I just felt like he was really annoying early. Um, Six he, turnovers from his thirty-six. It's just it was early. It, it was just you know he worked his way into the game well. It just 
it was just a little bit sloppy. I, it was just on the sloppier end for makers. And it is stiff. How many disposals? He had 36 disposals. It's probably a career high. Like, it's stiff. But, and yeah, and once again, it's a, you know, it's a culmination of, you know, it was always that kick from center wing to half forward where they were, where we were falling down. Mm. So, you know, there wasn't a lot he could have done at, at certain points. But, yeah, it was just a tough day to be a winger today because the game was played around the boundary. So, he was going to get his hands on the footy, but there just wasn't, you know, anywhere for him to break lines, I guess. Into, not break lines in terms of make your kicks, break lines and come through those inner channels. Because I'm telling you, the, the corridor was shut. It was not. It, was it wasn't, open for, it was, it wasn't it was, open for business today. It was poisonous. Um, but yeah. Holland's had 22. Yeah, same, same. Just a little bit sloppy as well. It's just, yeah, same, same with Holland's. Um, he, I thought he started well. Yeah, I think it was a usual... It was, it was another one of those games from Holland's where it's, um, yeah, can't can't say a whole lot. I thought he was good, but, um, you know, yeah, you're right, just a bit sloppy. And for the first time this year, he didn't record the most distance covered on the ground. So uh, other midfielders. Uh, George Hewitt. Yeah, not, not much going much. on with George. He only kicked it. He's kicked the ball eight times in two weeks. Yeah. Um, and... Well, O'Brien came on for the last five minutes. Yeah, whatever. It's ridiculous that he's the sub again. Ridiculous, you know. How about that kick exiting D50 that went out on the floor? Yeah, rubbish. And Ned Kerno, well, I've been... A lot of people have found my criticism on him harsh to start the season. He's gone. He's gone. Thanks for coming. Uh, Forwards today and, you know... It's where things might get a little bit. The ugly. Ruck. The Ruck. Yeah, every week I forget the Ruck. I think... Well, I'll get your thoughts on the Ruck. I actually thought at halftime he was playing really well. I thought he took the Chockeys. You thought he was good? I thought he took the Chockeys. Um, I'm going to put a disclaimer here. He is so much better than when we have both of them or when we have the other one. I'm going to put a disclaimer clearly the number here. one Ruck here. I don't really like either of our Ruckmen. The only reason DeConning fires me up is because everyone thinks he's really good when he's really not. But we're a better clearance stoppage team with Pittenet in it. It's statistically proven. And my opinion won't be swayed for the medium term. I don't know if DeConning will come back into the team next week. Do you reckon, how do you reckon this would play out? Like in terms of internally at the football club? Obviously, we don't know. We're not in the four walls, but. Do you think there'd be any selection pressure to play to Conning? Of course, which is a big issue with it. Like, do you think the board would be having the would be putting pressure on? Would it be the list manager? Would it be maybe? Who? Well, Cause, it's cause, probably just like a big elephant in the room, and it is. Well, it's like there's a there's a guy who's out of contract here that you know it's been reported, and another team's offering him an eight year deal. It's in a position that we are really lacking in. He's He's a, it's a completely unknown with him if he's going to end up being a good player or not. And now he's being dropped. Is or managed off a 10-day break. So he's being managed off a 10-day break. Is What's going on internally? How much pressure do you think? And what are the conversations that are happening behind closed doors, in your opinion? What do you, what do you think would be happening? I'm not sure. It's tough because you also, you know, the fact that teams can trade for him, you don't want to devalue that trade, val- you know, his market value in the same breath. But... You know, I, I, I'm at a point where I don't care. 
you know, we have to play to win. We have to pick a team to win. And if they feel that Pitonet's going to give us a better opportunity to win, then we play Pitonet. And so we deal with the conning later when we see where his signature goes. Because yeah. I don't lose sleep over Tom DeConning. Um, there were a lot of reports that suggested that he was going to sign a two-year extension. Yeah. Sam McClure said on his new podcast, The Trade, he's checking him out. It's a great podcast. He said, um, he said, yeah, no, that's couldn't be further from the truth from what he's heard. He's heard it's not closer to... Well, then we'll see what plays out. Um, forward line today, Charlie kicked three and didn't kick one after half time. Yeah. Um, no, I thought Kurnow was pretty good. I think he was pretty good. You know what, mate? I've got to say this. All these St. Kilda idiots saying in that, you know, at halftime, all these tweets saying Carlton have kicked all their goals from the umpires and yeah. all that. You show me a free kick in the first half that resulted in a goal that wasn't there. I don't care if it's true. Maybe it is true. But if the free kick's there, it's there. If he's being held, he's being held. I don't disagree. You know what? Like, it's just really the victims. Well, no. Or or the only response is, you know, these guys are premium full forwards. And if you get the ball in quick enough to them, naturally, as a defender, you're going to grapple and panic. It's pretty natural. And it happened. Yeah, and a lot of teams do it. A lot of teams do it, and it's you know, at the end of the day, it's the players giving away the free kick, not the umpire. It's the players infringing. It's not the umpire's fault. Yeah, but I don't. You've always umpiring to me is just white noise. It's just umpiring is a cop out for people that don't know anything about the game. That's what it is. But Charlie Kerno, I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, I would agree with what you've just said. Uh, H. Do you reckon he knows how to spell his name? H is... Um, Do you reckon? He's not having a great, a great couple of weeks. Well, he had a good week against North. Well, it's he's- interesting. He took 14 marks. He actually worked quite hard tonight, Herschel. Yeah, I, I, he worked I, hard. I'm not going to brand him on that. But at the end of the day, as a centre-half forward of the Carlton Football Club, you're at the... You know, unfortunately for him, you're going to be judged on how you finish. And that's in all aspects of the game. How do you finish? And unfortunately, he makes ridiculous errors in ridiculous parts of the ground. And the goal kicking is obviously one of them. He missed two, you know, I think he missed three shots on goal and one nearly hit the roof. He just makes such basic football errors. He's very frustrating at the moment, Hirsch. Yeah, but I think, yeah. Uh, look, I agree, but... It's very hard. You know, you take 14 marks around the ground. It's a true centre-half forwards game. But unfortunately... I don't think it's... The, I, I, I'm, I don't have an issue if he's not necessarily kicking that many goals. Because as you see, you know, he's pushing up the ground and he's setting up goals. But he just needs to be a bit cleaner. I think it comes oh, yeah. down to... He needs he's, to clean up parts of his oh, game. He's just having some very frustrating moments at the moment. And the other question is... Would it be worth seeing... A di- would it be worth seeing what it's like if we swap Charlie and Harry? Because Harry obviously won a Coleman as well as a stay-at-home. Yeah, I oh, know. And Kerno, I think, is a much better ball user up the ground. No, like, he probably could, is. No, no. You could argue that they need a swap. Well, they both get up there a bit. I just think, you know, Harry's probably a bit of a better outlet target down the line. But I don't mind the way it's going at the moment because you almost want Kerno closer to home right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Harry's just having moments of madness. 
on the weekly. Yeah, but he was far from our worst um, because we're probably about to get to them. Well, here we go. The three little dwarves who probably shouldn't have got out of bed this morning. Well, which one are you missing? True. Because we've got four small forwards. Yes. One of which plays a bit higher up yes, the ground. Yes, fair. Okay, we'll but bracket the four of them. I think... Did, did I may not have said it on the show last week. I think I said to you, maybe over text, we don't get enough out of our small forwards. Now, I'll let you take over, actually. Well, oh... <laughs> This is how we're gonna. I'm not gonna be able to. This is how we're gonna. This is how we're gonna introduce this. How the fuck did Josh Honey get selected again? How? That's where we're gonna begin. His game against North Melbourne was embarrassing to him to his own brand. Then I don't know why he was the sub last week. Whatever, did nothing, and he was on the field for a while. Today. Well, he got he got pit. We'll start off by saying he got selected because. There's a clear plan to play that extra small forward, yep. and he was the best available. Well, you know, Lockie Fogart is still running around in the twos, is he not? Yep. Well, don't know what how much worse he could be, but honey, Jesse Motlop, Corey Durden. We'll start with the three deep small forwards. Nothing. Nothing. Motlop was statless in the first quarter and actually ran past the... He actually overran the ball in two instances in really dangerous positions. Motlop's having a pretty poor season. Let's not beat around the bush here. Didn't hit the scoreboard again today. And if Owies was available and if we had better small forwards around, he'd probably be dropped. He'd probably be sent back. He's not having a very good season. Corey Durden's not doing enough at all. At least he's tackling more than the other two still. He kicked a goal, but it's not enough. He's doing the bare minimum. They're all doing... He's doing the bare minimum. The other two are just drifting well below that. And right now, they are complete and utter liabilities. Because we... And that is why we're so one-dimensional. Because we've got no presence on the ground. We've got... N- there's no resistance coming out of halfback. You know, you look at someone like Jack Sinclair. Always plays well against us. I wonder why. Halfback flankers of the... Halfback flankers playing against Carlson have the easiest job in the world. They're not hindered in possession. You look at someone like Brad Hill again today. Easy. Yeah, no stress. Motlop, Durden, and Owie, and Honey. May as well not have played. The game wouldn't have mattered. Would it have? Yeah, we're not getting enough. We're not getting enough. We're not getting nearly enough. And it's, it's really killing us. Because there's no secondary avenue to goal right now. Outside tower time. And... and- you know my thoughts on Durden and Motlop. I uh, I think they are going to be an incredible duo well, for Well, I know a they're young and it's stiff, but at the end of the day, those two have played, you know, over, you know, they're about 20 or more games for our club now. And it's time, you know, your best 22 players, you play, and this is where I talk about the f- they play with no fear of being dropped. They're playing every week. Let's, you know, you're AFL players. I, I know you're young. I know you're a little bit inexperienced, but you've had enough exposure to the Michael Voss team well, to I think, this I think- side. And I'm not expecting it to be, you know, three goals, nine tackles every single week. But there needs to be more than negative output because it's a disgrace. It's liability areas right now. And I do like Jesse Motlop. Yeah, I, I do. Think, I think we both do. And I do he's, like Corey Durden. He's played Durden. 18 games and I, Durden's I'm, played about and 20. And I'm not... I'm not you know, 
For, no, for not one second, am I writing them off, writing them off as players? Am I really trying to, you know, you know, make you feel like I don't like him? Because I actually quite do like him. But let's just call a spade a spade. They're not playing very well and they're not adding anything to our side right now. Yeah, and there's a couple small forwards for the Carlton Reserves who are playing very good footy. Ned Cahill's kicking bags every week <sighs> and Ben Ronk's kicking bags every week. If they were on our list, they'd get a crack. Probably. Um, so yeah, you know, it, and Corey Durden's lost that craftiness that we saw displayed last year at the ground. He's not a threat with ball in hand at the moment. No, he doesn't not, even get the ball in hand. He's not clean like he he's, was you last know, he's year. He's not a high half forward anymore. He's just a little missing witch's hat in the forward line. He is. And, and That's how they've, they've had terrible starts to the season. Yeah, our small mate. I said it last week. Our small forwards are killing us. They're killed because we're not getting anything out of them. And then there's Fisher Fisher. Now, twenty-two disposals. I don't care. Jeez, did he have twenty-two? I don't care. He plays some of the most irresponsible, negligent, selfish football I've seen in Navy Boy for a very long time. His first six weeks have been nothing short of a disaster. A disaster of epic proportions. Oh. He's not up to it, Zach Fisher. And once again, that's a player who's... Has he... You know, since he debuted, I doubt he's ever gone back and played a game in the twos. Has he ever been omitted? Probably not. Got no fear of being dropped because he knows he won't get dropped no matter how, you know, well or badly he plays. He's just... You know what he is? He's just... This is... I'm going to end this here with Zach Fisher. He is lazy. Uh, I'm... I'm going to choose to stay quiet today. Um, and I think... Why? It's like it's the truth. We shouldn't be scared to knock our own players. No, because it's, we're recording here an hour after the game and I'm very emotional right now. I don't I'm want to say I'm not emotional. I've been telling... No, I didn't I've been say you Zach, were. I said I am. I've, I don't been on, to... I've been on Zach Fisher's back the whole season. He's having a terrible season. And once again, it can change very quickly. But as we sit here recording right now, Terrible. I'll put it to you this way. We spoke about at the start of this show selection integrity and we spoke about, you know, well, that's it, selection integrity. And I mentioned that there were a handful of players that shouldn't have played going into the game. I am flabbergasted how Josh Honey gets considered for selection. Not even selected, considered for selection. I'm flabbergasted as to how some of the players maintain a spot in this team. Like, even go- the people behind me were getting stuck into Fisher. And I Let, thought, let's let's go back to the quote from Mason Wood. Let's go back to that quote. Should we get Mason Wood on? The I podcast? think we need to get Mason Wood on. We really do. But let's go back to that quote. The thing with Ross is that he wants something to happen, and if you're not the guy to do it, we'll bring someone else in. That sort of selection integrity goes a long way. I guarantee you. Well, you you. know what? That is not not even close to the selection integrity that we have at Carlton. And I don't care that we've got injuries. There are a lot of AFL-listed players playing VFL footy. And if we're not getting anything out of the guys that are playing, do something different. He's a high half forward. We can find someone to do what he's doing. Do you think Zach Fisher would get a game at St Kilda? Absolutely not right now. No fucking way. No chance. He's just been... He's been awful. Awful, awful. Then the other one we can get to is Jack Silvani. Well, true. We haven't got to Sauce. 
Jack Silvani. That miss in the third quarter. Well, that was the moment. That was the momentum changing moment of the game. Probably should have taken himself off to think about what he did. That did change the game. Of course it did. Would have given us the lead. Then and then came the onslaught. But Silvani, so he played primarily as a forward, and I thought it was. I actually thought that was a good thing at the start of the game. I thought we're going to try and make the Josh Battle slash Wilkie outnumber on Kerno a bit accountable. Didn't really do much, did it? He kicked, he, but he got himself. You know, he actually was hitting the scoreboard today, so he actually provided, a, you know, I, another mate, option. But I just, think his game today was actually one of his better games for this year. It probably but, was, because he could have finished up with four. But I was going to say, but it doesn't matter what, how your game is when you miss a chance it's, it's, like it's that. It's hard to look... I hate, you know, singling out moments in players' games, but it's hard to look past that moment and think, oh, boy. Well, you know what it was? I feel like for a while, we were staying in the game because we were kicking quick goals on the rebound. And that would have been a quick goal on the rebound. And when he missed and then they kicked the next one, I turned over to my brother-in-law and I said, yeah, that's this is an issue because they've just got a quick goal. They, they essentially got the goal that we should have got. Yeah. And, you know, they kicked that goal and it was it went completely downhill from there. But, uh, yeah, um, I actually thought Sauce was all right, to be honest, but just had a moment of madness there. Uh, Bolt, let's get into VFL. We'll then get into Twitter questions and we'll bring back LFC this week. It was absent from the pod last week, but we'll look at it again this week because a bit has gone on and there's a big Anzac Day game, which uh, I think we need to know who we want to win. But uh, VFL first. I actually watched the whole game. Um, it was it was a pretty good game, actually. The the Rezies won by three points. Um, I think Jack Carroll was best on ground by the length of the Flemington. He had 37. He had a goal. Um, he was just clean with the ball and was very good. Your boy, Paddy Dowie, had 40. Um, he's been in, obviously, that sort of form in the twos all year. Uh, Lockie Fogarty had 28. Jackson Binns had 29 and a goal. And you know what? Uh, Nick Wishart, the great man who has, well, to say the least, I was going to say he has a lot to do with the cheer squad. That's way, that's underplaying it. He's an absolute, you know, the amount of time that he puts into the cheer squad and leading that cheer squad, it's incredible. Now, he made a call, a tweet about uh, Jackson Binns that I'm trying to find. Uh, need to find this tweet. Probably should have had it ready before. But anyway, he basically just said that Jackson Binns is an elite prospect. And I couldn't agree more. Watching the way he goes about it, he is an elite prospect. He's going to be a very good player for this football club. Here's the tweet. Jackson Binns is an absolutely elite prospect. Love the look of him. He can't be far, far off a senior debut. Well, you know what, Bolt? What I love about Jackson Binns, he kicks the ball. He had 29 disposals today. How many do you reckon were kicks? How many? 25. Efficiency would have been high. Don't have the stat in front of me, but he didn't make many turnovers. Uh, He's an attacking-minded player. And if I'm the coach, I'm bringing him in for one of those small forwards slash Fisher next week. I think you got to play him. You can't continue with what we've got because what we've got right now is not But he's not, not a small forward, is he? No, he's not. He's a wingman. But I think he's an attacking-minded so player. Well, maybe for the, in you know in for replacement fi- of Fisher. Yeah, correct, for Fisher. He's an attacking-minded player. Fisher plays wing to give Hollands and Akers a chop out. Fisher would have had five to ten 
moments today where he was yeah, on the no, wing. Yeah, no, no, I'm fine with that. So I'd like Bins to come in because I think it's time. He's had an incredible month in the VFL. Um, I don't know if he'll hit the AFL with an impact instantly, well, but he is a prospect. He is very good. He's yep. very, very good. Uh, okay for the Ruck. Uh, we got creamed in the ruck. Obviously, no Deconing, no Mokov. So we only had 11 hitouts in total between our the Ruckman. Um, sorry, 13. Uh, O'Keefe and Domaquay were okay. Uh, other AFL-listed players. Boyd. Great to see Boyd back. Yes. Like, that is someone we need back. Great to see. 21 unlimited minutes. So he was, he was actually really good, Jordan Boyd. So... I'd like to see him come straight into the first, but he won't. He'll need to play a full game without limited yeah. minutes first. Good to see him on the park. But fantastic to see him back. Plowman had 19. He actually kicked a goal, Plowman. Uh, we mentioned Dom. We mentioned O'Keefe. And that was all because Lemmy and Murkov were laid out with... And Kemp was the carryover. Kemp was the carryover to Conning. Didn't play. Um, would have liked to have seen Kemp, but... I thought he'd be the substitute today. Yeah, probably should have been. Um, but that was that. Uh, Twitter questions. And there's a lot of them. I'm sure. And uh, we are going to have to sift through them. We won't do repeats, but we'll get to as many as we can. Clint Bolton said, outsmarted by the opposition players, outcoached by the opposition. This game proves how much statistics mean nothing. We have all the leading possession leaders and no football intellect. 100%. As in, and we, I've said it endlessly on this podcast, the fact that we played an opposition that didn't care if we had the ball or not is distressing. It really is. Um, yeah, stats were not indicative of the way the game was played today. We might have controlled the ball, but we didn't control the game. No. Uh, just by the way, a record amount of Twitter questions tonight. Oh, yeah. Since we started the pod. So thank you to everyone for getting involved. And uh, Doesn't mean we're winning, though. <laughs> No, well, no, it doesn't, but we're allowed to thank everyone who's getting oh, behind us. 100%, thank you. Um, GA2502 says, Fact or fiction, when Voss was appointed, Adam Kingsley was made a huge offer to work as an assistant, as a key strategist. Strategist? Yeah. Uh, what did they know at the time? And uh, yeah, then Jimmy Faz replied and said, more so, who was appointed in that role instead? Um, great question Paul Walsh the best teams and this is a great tweet from Walshy the best teams are defined by the quality of their bottom six 100% enough said that's what he said enough said Uh, the four little dwarves (laughs) that did absolutely nothing absolutely nothing on a Sunday (laughs) off a 10 day break absolutely nothing how good's that (laughs) <laughs> uh, Picto Bento says what's worse our game plan forward 50 entries or our mental fortitude <laughs> I think our forward 50 entries were quite frightening today shocking shocking M-, M says why are we so frightened every time we are challenged we go back into our shells is it the ghosts of losses past a dreadful game plan or both did we overcorrect defensively after the runs of goals scored against in the first half of 22 and now we can't get the balance right. I don't know if it's that. I, I just think we played so into St Kilda's game today. It was disgusting. I don't... I just think we were... We were almost like... What's the term? It's like... We were... 
what's the word? We were like controlled by sing- there's a word I'm missing. <laughs> there's like we were controlled by the saints, as in I can't even think of the word. But it's like they were possessing what we were doing, despite us having possessions. So it's not as if we were. Well, they I manipulated think, what we did. Yeah, that. Um. Yeah. Either th- <laughs> Dub D says, "Is it really time for panic stations after round six? We've lost to a fired-up Crows in gather round and the best-performed team in the competition so far this year." Things are never as good as they seem, and they're also never as bad as they seem. Surely we need to settle down a bit. I think in response to that, my opinion is, I do agree, it's footy. A week's a very long time in footy, but it's more the fashion that we've lost. And unfortunately, the signs today and the signs last week were really not there. And it wasn't just the fact that we lost, it was the way in which we lost. That's, just, that's just what I think. Because but- we know we're getting, we know we're getting beaten you know, by more than what the four goal margin suggests. We know we weren't that close because, you know, they, they put the cue in the rack early St. Kilda. They were just sitting back. They were watching us chip it around. Chip, chip. Christian Shapkoon says, do we persist, persist with the one ruck or does TDK come straight back in? Well, I think if... They, I don't think they're going to bring DeConning in at the expense of Pittanet. No. Um, you know, we come up against West Coast next week, which I'll give it to DeConning. He was quite good against West Coast last year over there. Um, but there's no Natanui. Oh, I'd stick with Pitt in it. Yep, I'd say I agree. Uh, MP said, where has last year's team gone? To which Aid responded, last year's team was worked out by the other clubs by midway through the sis- season because of the composition of the list. There's not really a plan B. And uh, M said, there's definitely no plan B and there's less chemistry between them this year. It's bewildering. It is bewildering. Uh, David says, have we gone backwards in 2023? Unless there is a major shift in mindset and on the field, I can't see us playing finals this year. It's tough. I still think we should be good enough to finish in the top 45% of teams or whatever it is in this competition. But it's concerning. It it is concerning because, you know, there's probably only been three quarters and 10 minutes where I've gotten out of my seat at the end of a quarter and thought I liked that quarter. <laughs> uh, let's zip through a few. Lockegg says, why can't we move the footy forward? And Peter Carrick says, why can't we hit up targets inside 50? We've obviously addressed this. Yeah, well, the kicking's just not there. Um, Ryan says, team selection raises eyebrows every single week. Team selection, yeah, it's a bit weird. I've actually just seen an incident... Um, Jesse Motlop, dangerous tackle. It actually wasn't given a free kick on the day. It doesn't look great. Well, that's going to get a week. Doesn't look Who's that great. on? Is that- I can't even tell. Anyway, Motlop might get a week. Back to it. It'll be close. Um, but yeah, Ryan says team I'm selection Howard. raises eyebrows. I reckon he... I think that's a week. Team selection raises eyebrows every single week from Ryan. Yeah, yeah it's weird. Well, if Motlop is out, then Honey will probably stay in. Uh, speak about it. Clint Bolton says, what did you think of Sincotta's game? It was very promising, I thought. Showed some composure under pressure and made some good decisions in direct contrast to many of his teammates. No, I thought he was fine. I, I actually thought he adapted to the game quite well. Didn't have an issue with Sincotta. Uh, now, <laughs> there's three questions in a row here, which I'm going to bunch all together. And I think this is going to start a very 
hard-hitting conversation. Ewan Morden says, why haven't we taken the next step and what is holding us back? Jim Fiddler says, how long will the current coaching panel last? And Stephen Sullivan says, how long after we've wasted this window will it take to be relevant again? Hmm. Now, Bolt, you know that I've said for a while that we're not in the four walls of the club. It's hard to know, but all I will say is I desperately hope that if if this isn't the right coaching panel, I just desperately hope that they turn it over before it's too late because this team is too good to waste. And I just think... Well, I'll get your thoughts. Well, yeah, I agree. That's the, that's the trade-off, isn't it? You don't want to be an unstable football club, but you have to be a football club that makes decisions in the best interest of the footy program. And if the best decision in our bid to win a premiership is to, you know, have someone else at the helm in 2024, then that's the best decision for us going forward. And I'm not sure if that will be the decision because I actually can't see that happening. I think we'd have to win eight games for that to happen. Do you not think it's as simple as if we miss finals, they'll make a change? It's interesting. I, I, I don't... I'm not saying what I'd do. I just don't think they will. If we don't make... We'll, we'll promise finals last year upon the appointment of Michael Voss. We didn't make it, but I could handle it. We won four more games. We were there, but we weren't. You know, we missed it by... A bee's dick. Yep, <laughs> we did. But yeah, if there's no progression from 12 wins this year and they win less games than 12, and that's going backwards at a time where this list, this club cannot afford to go backwards. And, you know, is sacking the coach a cop-out for maybe, you know, the players, given it's the third coach this playing group's gone through? Maybe, you know, we're diverting the accountability away from the players. But I think it's after what we saw... coach. Well, yeah. But I think after what we saw today there's definitely issues that need to be addressed at the top. You know what the worst... I'll tell you what would piss me off. This would piss me off more than if they kept... If we... Let's say we finished 10th, hypothetically. This... There's only one thing that would piss me off more than keeping Michael Voss. And that's appointing a director of coaching. Someone to mentor him. That, that would that, send me up the wall. Yeah, well, that would be conceding that there's an issue without actually fixing it. Yeah, that would send me up the wall. Like your Neil Craig types, you know. Well, they, they did it with Robert Walls. Robert Walls. That would oh, drive me back. Someone's got a mentor. We're not here to, we're here no. to play well, football. Well, we'll see what happens. There's Someone's a long, way, a mentor, for, a long way for Vossi to go, but we're going to need to see, you know, as much as we need to see it from the players' improvement, He, you know, his game needs to lift. We need to see so much more. Mate, we say it every week on this show. What we think is going to be the issue is always the issue. Yeah, they don't out... They don't... They don't... They I'd just love, don't adapt. I'd love to coach against Carlton. Um, yeah. Well, let's keep going with the Twitter questions. Um, Tim's Trading says, I tweeted it two weeks ago. The next two games are huge. Well, combined, we failed miserably. We have so little forward structure. We have the cattle, but not the structure. I'm now worried we don't have the setup we need on field and off field. We are not a top eight team, let alone a top four team. Well, I think, oh, we're not a top four team. I think the deceiving thing is we've got the top end cattle, but that's only half the cattle in the paddock, isn't it? 
Um, Ian says literally the only, and this wasn't a, this wasn't actually a question to us. This was a tweet that Ben replied to our tweet with saying, literally the only thing that's changed from Teague to Voss is a fully fit Charlie Kerno. <laughs> oh, well, and let's, let's, don't mind the comment. <laughs> don't mind that. It's not a bad call. You do have to feel fatigued that he never had Kerno. I know, no, I know, but- I know he wasn't. Not we don't need to get into this, but you do have to feel for him that he didn't have Charlie, didn't have his best. Like he didn't no, have, I know. didn't have. He was playing a game of chess without a queen. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, Wombat says, "What's more concerning for you, the lack of ability to coach on the run and change the plan dependent on what the game is showing, or the lack of any selection accountability and allowing substandard performances to continue and positive performances in the twos to be unrewarded?" Yeah, it's, it's, as we said, it's the lack of fear. You know, these players are playing without the fear of being dropped. Well, I think what I'll say is... They're getting a free run at it. Just in response to that, I love every part of that tweet except for the last bit where it says not rewarding positive performances in the twos because I think the players in the twos, they obviously don't trust them because if they trusted them, they'd be in. If they if they rated Paddy Dow, because really, Paddy Dow's stats have been off the page this year in the VFL. They've been that good. If they really rated Dow, if they even rated him in the slightest or trusted him in the slightest, he would have played already. Yeah, so they clearly don't rate him. And, and it probably... And, well, and, and, but, but we've been going on about it for the last three weeks now that the midfield's overstacked right now. Yeah, well, they clearly just don't rate our guys in the twos. Like, they clearly don't rate Lockie Fogarty because if they rated yeah, him, he would have got a game. For sure. They clearly don't rate... Carol, Carol. They clearly don't rate Kemp. Yep. They they might rate Bins, but it's his first year in the system, and he's young. So, but I think it comes down to there's a lot of players in playing twos for us this year who we can all agree won't be at the club next year. Yeah. Uh, ben Daglish says, "Are all of our players one trick ponies? Where's our Sinclairs and Butlers?" Yeah, we don't have any. I Tommy, it's a bit weird that the only player that they have the ability to really mix and match is Adam Chera. And like, why would you take him off the ball? Well, where else could you play? Well, he, he spends a bit of time off halfback where I don't mind him, but it's not as to a, you know, they, you know, they switched Sinclair. They got him in the middle after half time, and it's just, you know, we, we can't shift the magnets like that where it, because it just puts everything so offside. We don't have the capacity for it. Tommy says, it's definitely not the list. We have a good one. So are we a middle-of-the-road team vying for eighth spot or what is the reason we aren't considered a contender? Well, I think there's a whole variety of reasons which we've spoken about a lot on this show. Um, Lockie O'Brien has had a combined 30 possessions this season and 10 clangers. That's from Jason Baker. Wow. Uh, Lawrence says, primitive game plan relying on dominating clearances. It's unsustainable. Flawed inside 50s, plan to bomb it in all the time. This is a game plan from the 80s. I thought Voss and Hansen were better than that. Um, Shane Earl says, Why is it that we have lost to the top team by less than four goals, yet the feeling is that one of despair? I think as supporters, we have set our expectations very high for this season, and given the quality of our best 22, it is rightly so, yet we just seem so mediocre. Well, I think as it goes back to answering the question before, it's just the way that we're losing. Yeah, well, if we, had we played never... all right today and lost by a goal, we wouldn't be saying all this. No, because well, the game, you know, St Kilda aren't going to win games like that by 
10, 12 goals because they don't need to, but they were never threatened after half time. They, that whole last quarter, yeah, it's margins out of three or four goals, but they knew they weren't losing. They knew they weren't going to concede. Hayden says Sincotta is definitely a player. Craig Bounds says Sincotta stays in with side coming back. Where do we fit Boyd into the side? Give Cowan a rest. Yeah. Carol and Dow should get a shot next week. Who makes way? What is our game plan? What is our game plan? What is our game plan? Um, well, we don't know what the... Well, we do know what the game plan is. We just don't rate it, and we don't think that there's much adapting or second options, plan B. Uh, Anthony says, we've seen enough of a feud to know that they aren't going to make us better. The only way out of this is for Voss to back in some of the kids. Play Hollands and Cowan, but also play Carroll and Bins, and you may as well give Kemp, Dow, Sincotta, and Boyd a fair go. I'd have to agree with that. I think there's, you know, there's a couple that they should probably switch around. The defenders, maybe not as much, although Boyd will definitely get a crack. But the other thing is, Bolt, we haven't spoken about him yet. Now, one of my mate, one of our mates in Kilda said, oh, the Carlton fans will definitely boost Stocker. And I said to him, mate, there is absolutely negative chance that we will boost Stocker. Yeah. We all love Stocker. And he said, nah, but they all boo. They'll definitely boo him. Firstly, well done to everyone that we didn't boost Stocker because that would have been hilarious. Why would we boost Stocker? No, we wouldn't boost Stocker. It beggars, be- it beggars belief that he was delisted. He's playing that good football for St. Kilda. Yeah. He was very good today. Yeah. He's, he'd be a walk-in to our 22. Mm-hmm. It's staggering. It's truly, truly staggering. Yeah. We rate Nick Austin very highly here because he's made the most of some draft classes where we had no high picks. But that's well, a bit at, of a blunder. At the end of the day with Stocker, it, in terms of the dimension of the list, it came down to Boyd versus Stocker. And they opted to go with Boyd, who probably had a better time in our ones last year when they were both playing. Yeah. And then obviously Boyd's been thwarted with injury. Well, our so whole, it, it's our, hard well, to, our whole half back line's well, out. Yeah. I think it's hard to say it was a complete... It was weird. It was weird. But it's hard to say it was a complete blunder, I think, until we see Jordan Boyd given a fair crack at it. Michael Cerevolo says, I predict Jack Silvani will be at the Saints next year. Lol. Um, yeah. Well, let's hope not. Um, Matt Weathers said, Today's game was a very good system versus a bunch of individuals. It's the first time that I've questioned the coaches. What is our brand and what is our identity? It's back to the drawing board because game plan is terrible and our, and we lack selection integrity. Swing the axe, please. Well, at least it feels like, you know, we're not the only ones, you know, questioning the coach anymore. Well, there are a lot of questions about and comments about uh, Voss and... Mickey C says, how bad are our reserves when certain players get selected each week? Yeah, and the reserves had another big win. Um, Snapso says, what is the point of our forwards that aren't the Twin Towers? They offer nothing in attack. They never lay a tackle. And every week, the opposition halfbacks look like 200 game plus all Australians. 100%. As I've said, it's the easiest role to have. Be a halfback flanker for an opposition team against the Blues. Yeah, it's killing us you know it's amazing how we can have such potent players in our forward line and have such an impotent forward Group. line <laughs> like it's crazy Gange says please explain why you would play one of your best inside midfielders off the halfback on Butler WTF it did not work against the Crows but let's try it again utter madness they are killing Kennedy 
Yeah, and I hope they don't kill Kennedy. It is complete and utter madness. It's complete and utter madness. It's just crazy because it didn't work last week and he literally started there this week. Yeah. Uh, We're going to leave Twitter questions there, Bolt. Uh, Before we end the show... Team selection. A couple of different things. Yep. Firstly, BNF votes, which we haven't done yet. Yep. Uh, we'll get a we'll get a three two one this week. We don't need a five four three two one. Yep. Um, three for you, Adam Chera. I'll match you there. Two. Um. Probably Sam Walsh. I'm gonna go Sam Walsh as well, and one vote for you today, Patrick Cripps. Yeah, I'm, I've got the identical three. I can't differ from that. Uh, now team selection. We need to run through the injury list first, because. I think we've kind of given it a bit of... Well, I think everyone knows, time. everyone knows, but just so that we know for team selection's sake, Cottrell's a week away. He'll play VFL next week, which is actually great. Cunningham's out for three to four. Doherty, three to five. Marchbank, two to three. Martin, three to four. Owies, three to four. Three to four? Owies is now out for another three to four. <laughs> and Saad, one to two. Uh... Well, yeah, always. I mean, obviously they said at the start it's a week or two and then it turns into two weeks later it becomes three or four. Yeah. Um, I'm actually more pissed off that I'm getting pissed off that always is out. <laughs> you laugh, but he we were getting the most out of him by a mile. We were. Um, but yes, team selection. All right. Well, so West Coast, in, West Coast next week. I think... Um, are we going to do this on the basis that Saad plays? We'll do it. We'll start off on the basis that he plays. And then we'll go on the basis that he doesn't play. Okay. If he plays, who does he replace? I think he will come in for... I think he'll come in for Ed Kerno. Yes. I think if he plays, it'll be for Ed. Which means... Kennedy goes back into the middle and yes. Saad goes to half back. Which makes a lot more sense. Yes. Um, that would be a given. Yes. I think... Sounds like your boy... Not your boy. It's a bit stiff. Sounds like Binzi will come in. <laughs> for Fisher. Do you think that will actually happen? No. But that's what you would want to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think Lockie Fogarty should play instead of Josh Honey. Yep. And I think, well, it depends if Motlop gets rubbed out, it'll be Motlop. Oh, and I can't play Honey. If Motlop's out, Fisher will survive and they'll go Motlop and Honey out for- Fogarty and Bins. Fogarty and Bins. It'll be Bins slash Carroll. True. Carol was best on by a mile. It'll be one of those. It might I be- think. I think. Yeah. But Carol's not. Carol's a mid. Mm. It's tough. And then if Saad doesn't play with that back group, I don't think they're gonna. So how can I sit here and look you in the face and say they can turn to Plowman? No, no, no. Plowman's you- not playing. Do you turn to Brody Kemp? Yeah. No, Kemp's ahead of Plowman. He is, because he was the reserved. He was the emergency yep. today. I wouldn't pick the conning. No. But they might. <laughs> they might. 
what I would do, Ooh. I'd go Sard out, sorry, Sard in for Kerno, I'd go Carol in for Fisher, and I'd go Bins in for Honey. Sorry, I'd go Fogarty in for Honey, and if Motlop's out as well, then Bins will play. Uh, what I think they'll do, I think they'll go Sard, DeConning. I think I think they'll do Sard in for Honey. Yeah. And I think they'll go put Ed Kerno in the forward line. And I think they'll go DeConning. Uh, actually, no, I think that'll be it. I think there's a real chance that we see Saad for Honey being the only change oh, next week. No way. I think there's if I, I that just, little group of forwards isn't broken up, I'll bloody well, break them up. Well, it will be because Honey. I'm saying I think the yeah, only, yeah. I think the I reckon uh, that's not at what I do. Two of them. Have that's to just go my out. prediction at of what they'll do. Of that group of four, at least two of them cannot play next week. Yeah. Well, Fisher's unplayable at the moment. Shocking. Let's end it there, Bolt. Uh, you'll be going to Perth next week. Can you imagine how excited I am? <laughs> you'll enjoy it. If we lose in Perth next week, I'm going to question a lot of things in my life. I'll be in my hotel room on Saturday night by myself thinking, what the fuck? <laughs> See, and I'm pretty... God, we should be right next week. We should be right. But they're really not great. <laughs> but the f- we have to put the foot down against them. It has to be a steam train next week. They, if I don't even know. But yep, we're going to Perth next week. Good luck. <laughs> we'll be back to do it all again next week. Blue we Thank you. But oh, true. Ladder FC very quickly. We'll get to it next week. We don't I had a couple people message say they want Ladder have FC they? every week. Okay. Uh, so just quickly on Anzac Day, I think we want Essendon to win. Is that fair enough? Yeah, but I think we. I didn't. I don't. I didn't mind your call about it at the, at the board meeting. Yeah, that we trust <laughs> Collingwood to make the eight more than Essendon in general. So we don't mind Essendon being a bit more back in the pack. Yeah, looking at next week, Saints Power Friday night at Marvel. Who do we want to be winning that? I'd say St Kilda. So that would be treating it as if St Kilda are now a lock for the eight anyway. Yeah, they'll make the eight. Uh, Brisbane and Fremantle at the Gabba. Who do we want to be winning that? Well, I think we want the Dockers because they're done. May as well take a game off Brisbane. No, I'm happy. Bris- no, I'm happy for Brisbane to win. Let's uh, just to fully nail turn- the coffin of Fremantle. Let's terminate Fremantle. Sydney and GWS. We obviously want the Giants, Giants. to win that. Dogs, Hawks at Marvel. We're a happy team at Hawthorne. Uh, D's North at the G. Uh, north. <laughs> Don's Cats at the G. Well, that will depend on how Essendon go this week. If Essendon lose to Collingwood... Then we want the Cats to win. But if Essendon beat Collingwood, we still probably want... Oh, yeah. nah, because if they then go 6-1, and one, they're probably not missing the 8. Mm, no, we want Geelong to win. Richmond... Well, we always want Geelong to win. Yes. <laughs> uh, Essendon to lose, I yes, should say. Yes, Richmond and the Suns from Marvel. The Suns. Let's terminate Just. the Tigers. And Adelaide and Collingwood. Well, we probably Collingwood. want... Collingwood. Yeah. I think Adelaide. True, because you think Adelaide might be in that pack. Yeah. Okay. That's all. Yucky weekend, everyone. But thanks for tuning in. <laughs> well, if you're still here at this point of the show, we really do thank you. And uh, like, share, subscribe, comment, do all those things. We do appreciate it very much. 
Bolt will be back next week. Safe travels to Perth. Yep. Not nice doing a show after a game like today, but no. I think we'll be back and yep. uh, hopefully get a win next week. Got to get the win. Go Blues. They will know that they've been playing against the famous old dark blue.